Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And we welcome you into Full Slate of Blue Wire Gambling Podcast. My name is Greg Frank. You can find me and all of my gambling picks on Twitter at Undercover Greg. Flying solo on a Thursday morning. Wanted to get some baseball content out there as the trade deadline is fast approaching. Just over 24 hours away from the non-waiver trade deadline in Major League Baseball. Final two months of the regular season are upon us. And we are going to run through the Thursday rotation. A little bit of a rapid fire solo pod. 15, 20 minutes here to get you through your lunch hour or whatever you might be doing throughout the afternoon. Hopefully, uh, because we do have one play going off at 1 o'clock Eastern time. Uh, you can hear this in time, uh, but still three more plays in the evening session as well as we move forward with the Thursday rotation. I do want to just jump right in and get started at the Trop, where we have a matinee affair between the New York Yankees and the Tampa Bay Rays. Garrett Cole opposing Luis Patino, obviously seeing the Yankees as the favorite, though maybe not as big of a favorite as you would expect in a matchup of these two pitchers. Patino, the rookie, Garrett Cole, obviously the accomplished veteran for the pinstripes. New York is a minus $1.15 favorite on the money line. The Rays are plus 105. So, again, a closer line than you would expect there. We'll get to more of that with some of my one of my other plays, ironically, in another AL East game. But I'm more interested in the total here. It is 7.5, and I am going to play it over. I think the Yankees, listen, first off, obviously, they're starting to get healthier. Aaron Judge is back, and... We're starting to see them uh, put put it together a little bit and make this division much more interesting. Granted, by put it together, it doesn't mean that they've been turned into an offensive juggernaut, uh, but we're seeing them at least be able to get three, four, four runs You know, uh, against the Rays or the, the Red Sox, particularly the Rays. Obviously, we know them to be a pretty good pitching team. Yankees uh, with a triple-A lineup all but scored six apiece against the Phillies in two games last week on Tuesday and Wednesday. So I think the Yankee offense is starting to wake up a little bit, and that's obviously a good sign for the Bronx Bombers. Uh, And Garrett Cole has struggled against 
Tampa Bay in his career. He is one in five in ten starts with a three eight two earned run average. Uh, so as I said, the Yankee offense is getting going. Garrett Cole not great against the Rays. Their Yankees are facing a rookie in Luis Patino who happens to be struggling a little bit as of late. You know, and it is a rookie going up against the Yankees. You always wonder about some nerves on his end as well, even though the game is at the Trop and not at Yankee Stadium. Having said that, uh, the starts thus far for Patino, he's started five. He's thrown 25 innings, made five starts. Earned run average is over five. So, again, we're getting seven and a half here. It's more of a play on the number than anything else, as we always like to say on this podcast. And just in general, you want to try and bet the numbers and not the teams or marry yourself towards any one philosophy given who's on the mound. It might be a little easier to gravitate towards unders with these star pitchers like a Garrett Cole. But, again, not great against the Rays. Obviously, his uh, numbers sense the substance checks and all that has been pretty well documented that uh, you know the hot start he got off to he kind of came back from a little bit so I think over seven and a half in a matinee between the Yankees and Rays makes some sense let's stay in the American League I mentioned I had another play in another game featuring a pair of American League East teams and that is going to be tonight at Fenway Park where we have the Boston Red Sox being installed as a short favorite against the Toronto Blue Jays. Red Sox in the neighborhood of minus $1.15, minus $1.20. Looks like the my book is hanging minus $1.19 on Boston. Better online still posting minus $1.13. So shop around. Maybe you can get a better number depending on the options you have available. Uh, but the Line really caught my eyes last night. I believe this number opened at Bet Online at minus 110. And the reason it really jumped at me was because of the pitching matchup. You have a battle of left handers, Hinjun Ryu pitching for the Toronto Blue Jays. And for Boston, it is Eduardo Rodriguez. And Eduardo Rodriguez, plain and simple, has been bad. And uh, his 2021. Compared to some of his other recent seasons, is nothing to write home about. We'll just say that for the season. Granted, he does have a seven and five win loss record, but his earned run average is over five, and his WHIP is a tick above what it is for his career. Uh, for some context, in 2019, the last full season, he actually made 34 starts, had a 3.81 earned run average. He was right in that neighborhood as far as the ERA in 2018. Didn't start as many games. Uh, but here he is in 2021, and again, it has been a little bit of a different story for the left-hander for Boston. Granted, the strikeout numbers are still there. Matter of fact, he is at a career-high 10.6 strikeouts per nine innings. Uh, but having said that, uh, his earned run average has ballooned, and I think that this is where, in some ways, you can look at this as some opportunity. I mentioned the 5-2-3 earned run average, but the FIP, uh, fielding independent pitching, which is an interesting metric to always look at in handicapping because it strips context of the fielders and just looks at the three true outcomes, home run, strikeout, and walk, and produces an ERA-like number. That is at 3-5-1 for Erod. So, obviously, still, when you look at the totality of this season, it's not one of 
you know, a Cy Young caliber season or anything like that. But that FIP certainly indicates he's been a little unlucky. Unlucky. That's actually the lowest FIP of his career. So um, if you like that stat, it, it certainly would indicate that he's been a little unlucky. Uh, and I, I, more than anything else, I think this line is indicating you can only go one way, and that is to play the home chalk in Boston, which is what I'm going to do. I'm going to lay the price. Mentioned Erod and some of his struggles and also bad luck. However you want to assign the blame, that's up to you. Uh, but Hinjin Ryu, this is more just kind of like one of those gambling principle plays for me where if the line looks too good to be true, you don't want to fall into the trap. This certainly feels like a little bit of a bait uh, on the line to try and get you to take the better pitcher in Ryu who has flirted with Cy Young uh, back in 2019 with the Dodgers, signed with the Blue Jays after that season, got a nice contract. And, you know, nothing really suggests if you just had these two pitchers going that Boston would be favored, uh, which, again, is why I think this is a little bit of a trappy line. Ryu is about the same pitcher because I tried to dig into it a little bit more thinking, well, maybe is he worse on the road than he is at home because this game's at Fenway, but he's about the same there. Uh, his numbers against the Red Sox, not great. Uh, no, that wasn't the case either. Only allowed four runs and two starts this year against Boston. Uh, and it is worth noting, I mentioned Eduardo Rodriguez, maybe some of that luck is starting to turn around in his favor. His last start out against the Yankees was a pretty good one. So second play on this podcast, I'm going to give out the Red Sox. Uh, minus $1.25 is what I would play it up to. I got minus one nineteen on the team from Beantown. Well, let's go to the National League Central where it's funny. I look at my four plays. I just realized that I basically covered two divisions here. All of my plays are involving divisional matchups, which is just a coincidence. A couple of AL East plays. Now a couple of AL Central plays. And I want to go to the one historic ballpark to another, excuse me, and go from Fenway to Wrigley Field on the north side of Chicago where we have the Cincinnati Reds paying a visit to the Chicago Cubs. Luis Castillo on the bump for, uh, excuse me, for Cincinnati. And the Reds are a short favorite in this one of about $1.25, $1.30. And obviously the Cubs are in the headlines for all the wrong reasons is they are expected to be one of the more active sellers over the next 24 hours. Alec Mills towing the rubber for Chicago at Wrigley. Uh, and, you know, I, I mentioned the Cubs and, and potentially being sellers. Uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But Luis Castillo was a guy that really struggled at the beginning of the season for Cincinnati, someone that was uh, kind of a rising young arm in the game. And just you see this a lot with young players in all sports, for that matter. The progression isn't always linear, right? You might have a good rookie season and you might have a good year too. And then the year after that, you might struggle a little bit and you might take a little bit of a dip before coming back up. And it might be one of those things where, you have to kind of figure it out, get hit with a little bit of reality. Not everything's always smooth sailing. And that's kind of the season that Luis Castillo has had with Cincinnati. He has been pitching better, though, uh, the last couple of months. He has an identical, this will be his last start in the month of July, an identical 1.71 earned run average in June and, and July. So when you look at those month-to-month splits, obviously April and May, not as kind to the young right-hander for the Reds. Uh, but he certainly 
has been picking it up the last couple months. Also, Cincinnati is kind of, I just think they're a team that in this particular spot against the Cubs, you have a matchup here of two teams in the NL Central. The Reds are actually very, I feel like quietly, nobody's really talking about them. They're in second place in the division. Maybe that's because they're still well back of Milwaukee, probably not going to catch the Brewers. I believe it's eight games is their deficit there in the division. But, uh, four back in the loss column for the second wild card on the San Diego Padres. And there's no team in between San Diego and Cincinnati. So the Reds are the first team out right now in the wild card chase, which again, feel like that's not really being discussed that much because you have San Diego and the Dodgers and San Francisco in that NL West. And it's this real fun three horse race. The other two teams that don't win the division would theoretically square off in the wild card game and nobody's really looking at Cincinnati and and I'm just kind of here to say that you know let's keep an eye on them a little bit I mean you look at their roster there's some pieces there guys that you know Joey Votto has been red hot I mentioned Castillo he's a guy that obviously had burst onto the scene with some success uh, prior to the first two months of this season and you also have Nick Castellanos, who's obviously a big-name guy. There, there's some pieces here on this roster. Jesse Winker, one of the better stories of the first half of the season, getting to the All-Star game. So uh, I think it's a Cincinnati team that right now has a lot of belief in its clubhouse, and uh, that can go a long way this time of year for sure as we move through the dog days of the season, of the summer. So I think the Reds just kind of trending in a better direction right now than Chicago. And you really have to wonder, started this handicap by mentioning the Cubs. And and I just wonder where the heads are at right now for the Cubs, particularly on today. And and this will be the last game they play before the trade deadline. So I wonder... What's going on today with the Cubs, right? I mean, they they would seem to be a pretty good fade based on the fact that they go to Washington, D.C. tomorrow. It's a 7 o'clock game, so the trade deadline will have come and gone after when when the first pitch is thrown there. So this, is, this could be the last game in a Cubs uniform for guys like Anthony Rizzo, maybe even Javi Baez if they move him, Chris Bryant. You know, we're talking about big marquee names in that city. That helped end the Cubs' 100-year world, 108-year World Series drought. So, I'm not sure that those guys are ready to just play a baseball game today. And and I think going up against a Cincinnati team that, like I said, is underrated, against a pitcher that's starting to look like himself again, and Luis Castillo. I think the Reds are a smart play. Um, I like them up to minus 135. I got them at minus $1.32. Let's wrap things up in the Steel City in another matchup of NL Central teams with the Pittsburgh Pirates hosting the Milwaukee Brewers. And I'm going to look to the first half total in this one and play the first half under in the first five innings. I got under four at plus 100. You might be able to get an under four and a half at Standard Juice, maybe pay a little bit, minus $1.15, minus $1.20. Uh, but I'm interested by this pitching matchup. Uh, obviously, Freddie, per- Freddie Peralta for Milwaukee has been excellent this year. He was an all-star, and when you look at the Brewers rotation between Freddie Peralta, Brandon Woodruff, and Corbin Burns, you could be talking about a pretty serious rotation come October, a team that could be tough to beat when you talked about Cincinnati kind of flying under the radar. I feel like the entire discussion in the National League has been about those three teams out West. Obviously, the headline-grabbing players on the Dodgers and the Padres, I get it, but at the same time, 
you still have a, a Milwaukee team that certainly can pitch with the best of them, and, and maybe the Mets, too, if you get a Carlos Carrasco back, if a Noah Syndergaard comes back, we're projecting a little bit more there, but... If the Mets are to win the NL East and the Brewers are to win the NL Central, then you have some good pitching on those teams. DeGrom needs to come back for the Mets as well. Uh, But you have some good pitching on those teams that would uh, certainly challenge those teams out West. So, Freddie Peralta having the best year of his young career for Milwaukee. And obviously, I mean, let's let's just not kid ourselves here. The Pirates aren't a team that we would expect to pose a lot of resistance for Peralta. Pirates are another obvious... I mean, this is one that isn't even much of a debate, right? I mean, the Cubs grab the headlines as far as the sellers are concerned. The Pirates have been a seller dweller and a team that kind of already did their selling, moving Tyler Anderson and Adam Frazier. Uh, But it just seems like they're kind of a lifeless bunch right now. You look at their offensive outputs, three runs yesterday against Milwaukee, shut out by the Brewers in the series opener on Tuesday, only scored one run on Sunday against the Giants. So I, I'm not sure there's a lot of life right now in the bats of the Buckos. And then when we look at Milwaukee, they're going up against Chad Kuehl, who is actually a pretty respectable pitcher in his own right for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Since coming off the injured list, yeah, you know he has pitched well and is someone that I would expect to just be happy to be pitching again and uh, someone that I think is kind of an interesting buy as the season progresses. Those guys on the bad teams, you're always looking for whether it be motivation or just a price if you wanted to take the Pirates here based on the fact that you think Kuehl can keep a minute and you can get into the late innings in a close game and you you know on the money line you're looking at Pittsburgh plus $1.70, plus $1.75. If you want to take a chance on that price, having that going late into the game, uh, with a pitcher like Kuehl that has been pitching well, I would certainly understand it. And I also think there could be a little bit of, uh, I don't want to say mental fatigue, but maybe just uh, a lack of interest, let's say, on behalf of the Brewers here. They've already won the series. They're well clear of the Reds, as I mentioned, in the division. Uh, maybe they'll go out and just smoke them again. Uh, but I, I just think against a decent pitcher. Uh, They do have a a series coming up against the Braves over the weekend in Atlanta. Obviously, the Braves haven't been anything to write home about this year, uh, but it's certainly a better opponent than the Pirates. And I I think if you're the Brewers, you might already have your your luggage on the plane, let's say. And uh, I think that there's a chance that they come out a little sluggish here Against a pretty good pitcher, I think that'll get me under the first five total of four at even money is what I am playing. So there are the four plays for today. It's the Boston Red Sox on the money line at minus 119 is what I got. Would play it up to 125. It's the Cincinnati Reds on the money line. I'm sitting at minus $1.32 laying that price. The over in the New York Yankees and Tampa Bay Rays over 7.5. And, and the first five under four in the game between the Milwaukee Brewers and the Pittsburgh Pirates at PNC Park. That will do it for a very quick edition of Full Slate. Hope everybody is able to get these plays in time before we get going for this Thursday slate of Major League Baseball. Uh, Enjoy the trade deadline. Enjoy your weekends. My name is Greg Frank. Again, find me at Undercover Greg on Gambling Twitter. Follow the podcast at Full underscore Slate underscore Pod. We'll have plenty of football content throughout August as we inch closer to kickoff in college football and the National Football League. Again, this has been Full Slate, a Blue Wire gambling podcast. Greg Frank signing off. And, of course, please.
play responsibly.